In a time where we're more connected than ever. The people who we admire have never had so much influence. But when we look around at the people getting airtime. Our leaders, influencers, professional athletes and academics. We far too often only see the highlight reel and rarely ever hear the real story. We're Burn Bright and this is a People Project podcast. The People Project is about digging below the surface, talking about the things that matter. It's about that moment of realising that every single person we meet has a story to tell. And a story we can learn from. It's about that moment of realising we're all not that different. It's about that moment of realising that even people with profile, the people with big, shiny lives, have had thoughts and challenges just like me. 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 And even you. To be honest... I love pressure and I thrive in it. So it's not like I get pressure and think, oh my God, I can't handle it. I'm like, bring it on. Like I just, I I want more. So now I've learned to like take a step back and obviously the meditation was something that I really needed to do. Um, Can't be functioning on the go so much. Like for me, I just did everything, said yes to everything and was just, yeah, I was quite fearless. But I think the problem with that is you just burn yourself out, which I clearly did. I'm Sarah and I'm really excited to have um, a special guest here with us today on the People Project podcast. Um, She is a really good friend of mine and I'm excited to hear um, more about her. She is a presenter, a trainer, former athlete and just all-round top chick. So uh, thank you so much, Katie Williams, for being with us today. That was an unreal intro. Thank you for having me. I love that everything's so bright in here and just the setup is awesome. Yeah. It's it's an honor to be here. Oh, thank you so much. That's what we love. So, um... I know that I know you a little bit, but I want our listeners to hear a little bit more about you. So um, can you just give us a bit of a rundown about where you're from, what school you went to, your family, just a little bit more about you so we can hear. So I am 26. I used to run for Australia. Um, I retired three years ago and I grew up in, I actually grew up in Terry Hills, uh, but I now live in Newport. I'm soon leaving Newport to live in Bondi Um, and I'm a presenter, podcaster. I have a podcast called Better For It. Um, I do workshops and keynotes for corporates and uh, I used to do with sort of like young millennial girls, which I'll pick up again. Um, I'm a sports scientist and a trainer. So I sort of do a real mix of things, um, Mm. particularly in the health and wellness space, but also like on stage and in the media. So it's it's a really fun job and it changes all the time. But the podcast is sort of where my heart, heart's at and also like the keynotes and the workshops and getting to know the women that I work with and obviously the listeners and chatting with them. So that's kind of my passion at the moment. That's amazing. So you've got a whole lot going on. <laughs> there's a bit on. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit on. Uh, you've got a whole lot going on in your life. What does a day-to-day look like for you, Katie? Um, I it's usually wake up different every day. It's, it's different a lot. Um, I usually wake up every day at about six and I meditate. I have awesome. to meditate for my mind. Um, so I meditate for like 20 minutes. I do Vedic meditation and then I make my bed, have a coffee. So my rule is meditate before I caffeinate. Um, <laughs> I'll have a coffee and then I'll do my morning journaling. So there's a journal that I use called the five minute journal, which asks me, um, what would make today great? What am I grateful for? 
um, like an affirmation. And then at the end of the day, it gets you to do like a roundup of your day. So I do that in the morning. And then sometimes I just journal like what's on my mind. Like often I have some pretty big decisions to make um, with work and the direction I'm moving in and I get opportunities come up a lot that could change my six month of my six months of my life, I guess. So I yeah. sort of will journal on things that are on my mind and where I want to go and sort of try and create more clarity around that. And then I will, um, what do I do after that? Um, have brekkie and go to the gym. Or sometimes I'm fasting and I don't eat breakfast and I go to the gym. And then I usually come home and then I'll plan my day. So plan my work day. Um, it could be podcasts or people or researching other people I want to get on the podcast. At the moment, I'm doing a corporate workshop called You First. Um, and I'm usually speaking to like 500 people at a time. So wow. I'll either be like practicing the workshop or creating new content or I'm pitching new content to the brands that I'm working with. So... Um, at the moment I've just wrapped up working with Nike, um, and with nature's way, Mercedes Benz, and I'll work with brands like on and off. So like, sometimes I work with a brand for like six months or 12 months. Sometimes I work with them for three months. Um, so at the moment I'm working with a few brands, um, but that's only for three months. So hopefully they resign me again and, and vice versa. So I get those like longer term deals and that's great because I can kind of just, you know, keep working with them and they love my ideas and we work together. And then with the brands that I'm sort of only just on for three months, I've got to like really mm. like lock in and then we'll try and like get them to re-sign me. So in that perspective, um, that's kind of where the grind is. And then meaning like that, cause that's how I make money. And then with the podcast and the workshops, that's sort of where my heart is. Like it's a passion. Um, and then obviously I'm a trainer. So um, I'll, yeah, I'm announcing something soon to do with that. Yeah. So in, the, in a few months I'll, I'll be making an announcement, but yeah. So obviously exercise and training is, is a big part of my life and um, I'm excited to share that with, with my friends and followers. That's so exciting. Yeah. And then, so when you were talking about all of these um, amazing opportunities and the contracts that you get, and I'm sure you get offered a whole bunch of stuff, but yeah. is there kind of um, a way in which you choose or do you kind of have certain products that you are passionate about that really align with your values? Like, is there a way that you kind of distinguish between which contracts to choose? Definitely. Um, I turn down a lot of opportunities that don't, um, that don't align with my personal values. Mm. So anything that's a quick fix, you know, I get a lot of supplement companies and brands that are a quick fix brand mm. um, or perhaps they are something that's too diet, diety um, and that's not something that I would align with. I've had a lot of jobs that I've turned down because I don't believe in the product. So I have to have to use the product and believe in it and I have to feel like they're doing good in the world for me to put my name to it and it's not like you just put your name to it like you put your face your name your voice your body because they use your photo shoots they use your voice for audio like so if you're going to sign with the brand you better hope that they're doing like you better hope that you're on the right track with with them yeah and I guess um, like you being so authentic as well you want to make sure that you yeah. uphold that yeah and like it's 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 interesting it's taken me a long time to to sign with some brands that obviously are um, national, international brands, mm. but it's like, it's a long time coming. You know what I mean? It's like you might work for like three years being like loyal to this brand. And then finally they're like, oh, hey, I'm going to sign you like properly now. 
So it's like, oh, cool. So it's like, it's, it's a lot. And you've turned down lots of jobs in the process to get there. So it's like brands really love loyalty. And I think, um, it's really important, particularly on Instagram. Like people are endorsing brands, different brands every week. And for me, obviously you've got to pay the bills, but it's really important for me to have like brand loyalty Mm. and to obviously use the product and love it before I, um, where to put my name to it. Yeah, absolutely. I want to backtrack a little bit. You were talking about, um, fitness and obviously you're super passionate about it and you're a fitness enthusiast yeah but I want to know what do you define as fitness because I think that there is um there's so much out there now in social media and just the world in general and so many people talking about what fitness means to them yeah so what is fitness for you fitness has changed a lot for me because I put my fitness before my health for a long time. So I trained full time and essentially I put myself in hospital for, because I overtrained. So I ended up with like, had sinus infections, chest infections, and then I ended up with bronchiolitis and I missed um, the biggest race of my life, which was um, world titles. So I was supposed to run over in Holland. Um, And I, yeah, I didn't get to do that. I didn't get to go. And that was my race that I was going to retire on. So at that point, you know, I was the fittest I'd have ever been, but also equally the most physically unhealthy and, and mentally unhealthy as well, because I was so obsessed with winning and so obsessed with, with wanting to be the best. I was willing to put my body so far on the line for such a long time. Like I never missed a training session ever, like rain, hell or shine, like hungover, trained, vomiting, trained, injured, trained, like an athlete is a really interesting character because you're willing to just do anything to win, I suppose. And I, and that's kind of what I did. Like I, I still looked after my health. I thought I was looking after my health, but I was just slamming my body. So now my definition of health has totally changed. You know, it's, it's, it's spiritual health, financial health, social, social health, emotional health, mental health, and physical health and fitness comes in mm. physical health. So, um, for me, being fit now is great. You know, I, I feel like I feel like I, I function better when I'm fit. Um, everything's easier when I'm fit. You know, just daily tasks like carrying all the shopping bags. Yeah, I'm strong enough to do all that and carry as many as I can. Or um, boxing, like I feel powerful in the gym when I can really hit the pads super hard or kick someone or I feel strong when I'm boxing. So fitness is a massive part of my life. Um but I don't let fitness define me anymore because I didn't feel worthy if I didn't have a six pack when I was like growing up because I was known and my work came from being fit. So I was used originally for like fitness modeling and like working with sponsors as same thing, like working with sponsors like I do mm-hmm. now, but I was working with sponsors as an athlete, whereas now I'm a retired athlete trainer. Um, yeah. So I did have so much of my identity wrapped up in fitness and now I've just kind of just taken a bit of a chill pill. Like it's not the end of the world if I'm like, I'm not going to be as fit as I was um, because when I was as fit as I was, like I didn't have my period and I was like training as hard as I could every day and just putting so much pressure on myself. So I like to be like semi-fit, but like also be able to enjoy like socializing and work is a massive part of my life and I'm very committed to my career. So that is more important now and fitness comes Fitness is still one of my highest values, but it's not like the absolute 
it's not the absolute like the pinnacle yeah yeah i just loved i um one of your posts not that long ago about the athletes mind Mm. but out of that i just loved how courageous you were in talking about how you had to start listening to your body and start listening to your mind and start listening to your heart and really question all of these beliefs that you had and so now i guess my question to you is with those beliefs what has changed or what what's different now i'm I'm happier with who I am as a whole human. So when I was training full time, I felt this real confidence and ego boost because I was winning. So if you took that away from me, I felt like I had nothing. So now I feel like there's many other aspects of my life that I allow to shine because I'm not just an athlete anymore. Yeah. And there's a big part of that that's like, I'm a retired athlete. And it's kind of sad. But I'm also like, nah, like this is such a big part of my story and a big part of my life. And I look back at what I was able to do with my mind and my body and I think, wow, like I was so fearless. Like, and I I think I've sort of carried that over. Like I really just had this arrogance, like this like confidence, like confident arrogance almost, like ego because when you're winning – and that's, trust me, like I had many, I hit the opens and I got my ass handed to me. Like I, I came in very confident and I, and I got very knocked down. So it's been a massive part of my journey. Like sport's been such a big part of my journey. And now I just feel like, yeah, those, the, the bad time, all the, the highs and the lows, like making the Australian team was the best moment of my life. But now I think about it and I'm like, well, you know, starting a business or starting a podcast was also right up there. And I hope that, you know, getting married and having kids will also be up there. Yeah. So you sort of just grow up and realize that there's more to life than that, just that one thing that you do and that you're good at. You know, there's other things that I like. And for me, I'm so much more interested in like hearing women's stories and like athlete stories and sort of telling their story and kind of like not talking about mine as much, you know, like I still do, but I'm far more interested in, in people and business and, um, yeah, creating space for people to share their story Stories. too, which is the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So where did this passion even stem from originally? Your, your sprinting or your running, where did that come from? Like that must've started when you were a lot younger, I assume. Yeah. I'm extremely like hyperactive person. I feel very <laughs> hyperactive today. Cause I've like, I don't know, but I am a hyperactive person. So, and I actually work very hard to, get myself out of that hyperactive state because I don't think it's good for the system like if you're constantly full of adrenaline so as a young kid extremely hyperactive I don't have ADD but I wouldn't be surprised if I did um so mum and dad just saw and Nick was the same like my brother was um we started off with gymnastics yeah and Nick is phenomenal at gymnastics and I was good at gymnastics as well and um I was sort of doing gymnastics with the older girls like I was a few years above um, and then they said something like to mum, like we want to, um, we want her to do like heaps more training. I don't know the full story. Uh, want her to do a lot more training and really make this a focus. And mum was like, she's too young. Like she can't be doing all that training. Like, like unless she's going to go to the Olympics or she's so young. She was, I was like five or something. Yeah. I was going to say, how old are you? Yeah. Five? Really young. I was saying like that really, really young. And mum was like, I think she asked me like, what, like, do you really like gymnastics? And I was kind of like, yeah, but like not, you yeah. know. And so she was like, oh. So I ended up doing like um, little athletics and then I ended up doing uh, nippers, which is surf life saving, which is the sport that I um, sort of 
started my career off in. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I used to do it's the little fun. athletics too. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. I love the lays. I just wasn't good enough for the track. Like as in if I like for me to make the Australian team on the track was unrealistic, but for me to make the Australian team on the beach was more realistic. Yeah. And yeah. then so you talk about being um retired or that yeah. retiring three years ago. Was that a choice that you made or was that um coming from somewhere else? Well, the doctor said I wasn't allowed to fly. Um, so I was at home with like a nebulizer on watching um the girls that I ran against, like competing in my race that um, obviously I wanted to, to win or, or come yeah. close to. Um, so the choice to retire came not long after that because I realized like how much pressure I was putting on myself and, and I didn't really enjoy it anymore. And I remember, I remember even when I won nationals when I was in the Opens, that's the – like in Australia, that's at, at Aussies, that's the the biggest race. So I was like, once I won that, it felt good. But I was like, is this it? Like, is this mm-hmm. like all the sacrifice, like the amount of training, like throwing up on the track, like just the amount of hard work that went into that. I was like, is this it? Is this what it feels like? Like, wow. Like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. Like it felt good to win. And I'm so glad I did because it took me a really long time. Um, but then after that, I was kind of like, it's just, like I wanted to do, and I wanted to do kickboxing and I wanted to train in these different ways. And you can't really have, like, you can have balance a little bit when you're an athlete, but you can't really. Um, I wasn't really the best athlete in terms of like being well-behaved. Um, I'm actually a real rebel at heart and um, I'm a bit wild. So there was a big part of me that also wanted to like travel and like be able to like drink and like, obviously was still, like being a normal, like 20 year old, 22 yeah. year old. Uh, but there's a big part of me that just wanted to like, you know, go to Greece and go to Croatia and like do yacht week and all that kind of stuff. And you just can't do that when you're competing, like your whole life is the sport. So like I said, like I didn't, I didn't choose to withdraw from the race. I had to, um, but it wasn't long after that, that I decided to retire. And I think it was just so many years of training. I could train two years for that one race. Wow. So you kind of get to a point where you're like, wow, it's a lot of sacrifice. And I also knew I couldn't make a career out of it because you can't make money from, you can't really make money from surf life saving, especially in beach sprinting. And I felt like I had kind of already tried. Right. Yeah. So I was, I was actually happy to, to, to walk away from the sport knowing that I did what I could um, and I had good results from it. And then when you walked away, talk me through what happened then. I felt um, pretty, pretty strange, you know, for about two years. And I still feel like there's a missing link. Um, And I've spoken openly about, like, I call it life after a lead or life after sport. And, you know, when you're used to the crowd and you're used to the thrill of racing and the competition and, like I said, I – I am a bit of a like adrenaline junkie wrist, like wrist taker. Like, so there was a big part of me that just loved that. I was, you know, like putting on my cap, putting on my cozies and like ready to race and like really switch on and, and be super focused. And I loved the discipline. I sort of ate it up. So when you retire, you have this like missing link, like where are you going to get your adrenaline from? Where are you going to get that fun excitement? Where's the rush going to come from? 
And I suppose that's when I learned how to kickbox because I was like, well, that kind of scares me. Like someone's mm. throwing a kick at you or a punch at you and you kind of got to like, you've got to adapt and throw one back. And it's not the same. Um, I think what would be the same is if I fought and if I learnt, you know, if I got it competed in something. Yeah, that competition. So I'm not competing. Yeah, like I've done some half marathons and like fun runs and, but it's just not the same as that proper like, you are running and you're competing against others. Mm. Um, I'm not as competitive as I was. I was extremely competitive. Um, I'm a lot more, yeah, I'm kind of just staying in my lane now. But, yeah, I haven't found I haven't found the missing link. But I, I, I do get a massive kick out of speaking on stage. So, like I said, I did, I did a um, corporate workshop the other day with 450 criminal lawyers. So, like, just being up there was kind of like the same feeling of, like, feeling like really accomplished and like at the obviously people aren't screaming for you but but you get that yeah so you're getting that 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 real kick so there are parts of my career that are making up for what I feel like I lost but at the end of the day like how long do you live like I don't want to ever live in my past that's why I don't really talk about it that much because oh like I'm happy to talk about it's massive part of my story but I don't I never want to like look back and be like Oh, the good old days or like I was once this, like I hope I continue to evolve. And there was, you know, periods in my life, like there's probably two years after competing where I felt like, oh, you know, thinking to myself like, oh, you know, will I ever feel like I'm successful again? And will I ever feel like I'm worthy? You know, that you have those thoughts, but then I don't, yeah, like I've always, I've never wanted to be the person that's like a throwback, like throwback to when I was winning, throwback to when I was this, like, I never want to because I always want to be like moving forward. And I I don't mean moving forward in a way that's like there has to be any accolades or awards. I mean, moving forward with like my own personal development and my my own personal things that I'm ticking off, like learning to meditate, learning to kickbox, launching the podcast, launching my business, like stuff like that. Like they're all wins that make me feel good. So I don't need to live in the good old days. Yeah, definitely. Like success changes for you. Yeah. Your idea of success evolves. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So talk me through your podcast. Where did the idea come from? Um, Yeah, just tell me a little bit more about um, bridging the gap between you wanting to speak about um, fitness and wellness and getting other people on board to to talk about their influence as well. Well, I love talking (laughs) Um, and I love connecting. (laughs) I love connecting with others. And over the last sort of six years, I've gone to many events. Yeah. Um, I usually go to like three events a week. So I meet some amazing people and I've worked with some amazing people. And for a long time, I've wanted to have a podcast because I've met these incredible people. I worked alongside them and thought, you've got such a great story. You've got so much to offer. You're so smart. You've just got so much to give. I'd love to hear your story. And I was like, how can I share their story? So I thought about this for a long time. And then I've done, I've been a podcast guest on a few of my, well, Oh, probably only five podcasts actually. Um, and I happened to be on a podcast with a friend of mine who knows the head of podcasting for Nova. And, um, you know, we had this podcast. It was a really good chat. Uh, we went in really deep and the podcast went really well. And then after the chat, he was like, you know, I can help you. Like if you want a podcast, like I, I can get you your own show. And I was like, how good like but I had this is something that I had like manifested for a long time like I really wanted one I just didn't really know where to go how to go about it so it kind of just happened like that and I was like straight in so the next day I um had already had a plan I already had things in my laptop already for what I wanted to do so the next day I called um I'm gonna say his name I called him and I was like 
hey, like, I'd love my own show. And he was like, <laughs> all right, let's like, let's see what you got. So I sent him a whole lot of people that I wanted to interview. I drafted up like a plan of what I wanted the podcast to be. I had a very, very clear vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I already knew the name and yeah, I kind of already had a plan. So I wanted better for it. Uh, originally I was going to do Real Talk, which was the business I started with Sammy. Um, but Real Talk was already taken. Yeah. So I like better for it because it's just an easy name. You know, people hopefully after listening to the podcast will be better for it. And the word better has always been, I've just loved it. Like in any way you can, how can you be better? Yeah. So I was like, I need to incorporate this into my podcast. The whole point of the show is to think, move and feel better. And we speak about health, wellness and self-development. But self-development is something I'm obsessed with and like the mind is something i'm obsessed with so like i've obviously done i've studied the body for like five years and then next year i'm gonna tap into the mind and do some study on the mind amazing yeah yeah burn bright we talk about um how we can build others up to be the best versions of themselves and so um that's all through well-being and leadership and influence and using it in a really positive light so i just love that um hearing from your podcast it kind of aligns really well also that's so cool yeah it is it is so it's really amazing to have you on board here but when you talk about um your meditation and your spiritual side of things has it always been like do you find it's a bit of trial and error where you pick up things that work for you and things that don't like how do you map out um I guess um yeah like what what works for you in terms of your well-being so I like I said I'm a very energized person and I'm a um can be reactive so meditation, when I first started it, I was like, this is not fun. Like sitting yeah. still, like I could not sit still. Like I learned three years ago after, um, when I had bronchiolitis, I actually learned before, actually, before I went away to Holland, um, I learned to meditate and I was like, this meditation will like help me with my sport and help with my running, help with my mind. And like I said, I was working with brands as well. And there was just, I felt like I had a lot of pressure on myself, but I had put a lot of pressure on myself. Right. So I learned to meditate then. And then I also had, um, I had that and then I had a car crash. So the bronchiolitis stopped me and the car crash stopped me as well. And then I also f- was filming Ninja Warrior just before so, you know, like I'm on telly and it, there's a lot of pressure. So yeah. I felt like, and it, to be honest, I love pressure and I thrive in it. So it's not like I get pressure and think, oh my God, I can't handle it. I'm like, bring it on. Like yeah. I just, I, I want more. So now I've learned to like take a step back. And obviously the meditation was something that I really needed to do. Um, you can't be functioning on the go so much. Like for me, I just did everything, said yes to everything and was just, yeah, like I was quite fearless. But I think the problem with that is you just burn yourself out, which I clearly did, you know, end up in hospital. So I say no to a lot more things now. And I just, I, yeah, I, I think I set like stronger boundaries. Um, I meditate every day. And if I didn't, I think I would be a hell of a lot more, um, I don't know. I just wouldn't have the clarity and I, and I wouldn't feel calm 
feeling calm is a big is something that I want to continue to feel. Yeah. And I don't often feel calm, which right. is weird. Like because I just always have ideas and I always want to bring things to life and I there's so many things I want to do. So meditation actually just stops me and just like and everything I do is fast paced. Like I do sprinting, kickboxing, mm. I drive a fast car, I live a fast life. So there's things that I need to do to physically slow me down. And in the past that used to be alcohol or like just overdoing things. So now I will when I'm feeling stressed or like I used to eat when I was stressed. Mm. So now I'm like, no, I go for a walk and I meditate and I don't bring my phone. But like if you would tell me a few years ago that you meditate, I would have been like. Get stuff. Yeah. The other word. (laughs) I'd be like, there's no way in hell would I. Because I was just such a. Yeah, tomboy, didn't believe in any of that. I mean, it's always that way inclined. Yeah, I've changed a lot. So what you're saying is for for those of you that have tried meditation and it doesn't work, persevere. Yes. I'm one of those people. Yeah. I cannot meditate. I did a five, uh, uh, well, yeah, five-day meditation course. And then I did another, just reset another one for two days. Two days? Two days. Wow. Yeah. So it's something that like... You, I don't know, I need to do it, you know. Yeah. Like I can't be like having a freak out if I'm going on stage or if I'm on camera, you know. And for me, I need to have these like small daily things that I do to just like give back to myself. Otherwise, there's just too many tabs open. And like I said, I'm balancing like I've got a business that I'm launching next year. I've got another thing that I'm doing in like three months. So there's, yeah. there's always these things coming up. And if I'm not like sharp and like here – then everything will turn to shit because I'm my own brand. So it's like, yeah, and you can't really have like, you know, can't be on stage and have a bloody panic attack. I've had panic attacks before and they're horrific. So I can't be, I can't be having that kind of, those things slip in with the mm. kind of job that I have. And that's why I stay on top of it. Yeah. So you've got mm. so much going on all of the time. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for fun? Um, a skateboard. Cool. I don't ride my bike, but I do have a bike. Um, I listen to music. I've just started to get into like mandalas. <gasps> yes. Yeah. But like mindfulness I've literally coloring. only just like printed them out. So like we'll see how we go. <laughs> That's what you mean by um, get into? Yeah. Step one. Uh, step step one, one, print them out. <laughs> um, I hang out with my girlfriends. I drink wine with my girlfriends. Um, I usually surf in summer, but not in winter. I go for walks. I go to music festivals. Um, I think for me, fun revol- revolves around people. Yeah. I do a lot of things by myself, but I wouldn't call it fun. I do that more for like like a Zen time, like quiet yeah. time. But um, for fun, it's definitely with my friends or my family and involves music usually. I love that. And yeah. I just, I love scrolling through your feed on Instagram as well and just seeing all of the awesome stuff that you're up to. But I guess on the back of that, in terms of Instagram, and because I know that you do a lot of your blogging through there, what are some of the challenges that you've faced using Instagram as a platform? So many. Yeah. I love Instagram, but I also equally don't like that it can disconnect us. Mm. It's supposed to be there to connect us, but because it's been overused and especially with young kids, a lot of a lot of, well, I'm, I myself am addicted to my phone, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, I don't like that it has a strong grip on me in terms of like the addiction. Like 
I haven't really gone a day without my phone and I find that pretty gross. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm constantly online on my emails, on my phone, texts, Instagram, Facebook, I'm there. So I have had to set up stronger boundaries around um, being online and being offline. And I don't think that having 42,000 followers is that big. You know, I've got friends, I've got millions. But I think because of the content that I share and how open and real and honest I am with my story and how I feel about social media, how I feel about the world, like I really give my opinion. One, it's open for... um, for negative comments, which is mm-hmm. fine. I don't really get too many. Um, the other one is it opens myself up. So I'm sharing my true self a lot, which is sometimes hard. Like there'll be sometimes where I'll go to post it and I like feel a bit sick and I'm like, oh my God, I'm actually going to do this, whatever. And I post it. So it's a lot of people come to me with questions and they want help. And, you know, like I said, I don't I don't have anything to, to, to sell or anything. So I'm giving a lot of my time and energy to people Um, and it's different when you have a program or something because you give them something, but then they might be inclined to buy your program. I'm not selling anything on my Instagram. That's mine. So, um, that can be hard at times because I want to give people back my time and energy and I do, but it can be taxing. You know, I remember when my ex and I broke up, I had so many people message me like asking me like where he is and like, where did he go? And like, what happened? And I was like, purely because it was my choice to put our relationship online. And when we broke up, people were attached to the relationship and what they thought it was. Yeah. And it's the same thing with me. Like people think they know me, which is great. My Instagram actually is me. So what they see is what they get. But then it's also really interesting when when people do listen to your podcast and they um, – I don't know, maybe make assumptions about what your life is like. Yeah. Like I always get like, oh God, you're like, so like I've had a few comments like, oh my God, you're so lucky. You get to do me so many fun things. And I was like, I do, but like, I'm not getting paid to do these. Like I'm doing this for networking. Um, you know, I live an hour away. So it's three hours out of my day to go to this thing. And half the time I'm doing my makeup in the car. I'm dry shampooing my hair in the car. I'm in, yeah, it's like, it's nothing, glamorous. nothing in my life is actually glamorous, like is yeah. glamorous. And half the time I'm in my sweats, like in my emails. Sometimes I'm like up till midnight finishing off things. Like it's really, I think I try and keep it as real as possible. Um, but yeah, it's Instagram is a highlight reel. Yeah. And I try and not make it that way. Um, but it is a highlight reel. So I have a real, it's a love hate. Yeah. I mean, I do love it. What do you do about the trolls? I've, I've actually only ever had like a few bad comments, which is really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had, um, I remember I said something once about, um, um, a vegan activist on a vegan podcast. And I said something like, you know, the, the, um, what did I say? I said the, activists some of them were doing the wrong thing like they were like actually being violent and I remember making a comment saying like you know the plant-based diet is supposed to be about compassion and I said something like that like maybe they can be more compassionate since they're activists and I got slammed and I was like well that's my opinion and I'm going to stand by that like you can hate it all you want but like I don't question you I also didn't question anyone's beliefs like you do you like you have your beliefs like if you want to eat meat eat meat if you want to if you don't don't eat meat don't eat meat but I keep my I'm happy to say my opinion, but I also won't judge 
anyone else. It's easy when you have a platform to get judged. Mm. Like I remember I did have a comment the other day from someone. She actually DM'd me. I put up this thousand rep challenge, which is this really good challenge I did when I was in Bali. And I had a lady message me and say, say, um, are you encouraging eating disorders or like exercise, like exercise disorders? And I was like, well, obviously you're triggered. So maybe you should get some help. Like that's what I was thinking. So, and obviously I'm not like if she had one look at my Instagram, she would see I'm constantly about like body love and balance. And that's my whole brand. So it's like when someone comes at you with a comment like that, it doesn't affect me because I am aligned and I know who I am and I really don't give a shit. However, I would care if my friends and family and people who knew me, or if I had done the wrong thing, then I would really care. You know, if I had, if I had made a mistake or said something I shouldn't have said, I would own it and I'll apologize. And I would cop all of the backlash if, if that had happened. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I've only had a few comments, um, but you have to be careful. You know, I don't say I haven't had backlash because I don't do anything that's genuinely really controversial. And I am a lover. Like I, you know, I certainly am a, a tough person, um, but I do genuinely love people and want to support people. So I think when you have an Instagram account that's t- too one way, like if I was too much about like six packs and leanness mm. and losing fat and all that kind of stuff, you would get the backlash. Mm. When you come at things from a more holistic, balanced approach, you get less of that. It could come. I'm sure it will. Like it's, if you want to be, if you want to play in the arena and you want to play big, you're going to get people that disagree with what you say. And that's fine. Disagree with me. Let me learn if I've done something wrong or vice versa. Let's chat. But you're not afraid. Yeah. Well, I say I'm not afraid, but I also haven't had, do you know what I mean? Like I say I'm not afraid, but I haven't had thousands of people hating on me. So maybe I would be afraid if that happened. And so in your realm, um, in your industry, do you have anyone that you look up to or an inspirational role model for you moving forward? Yes. Um, many so this is such a throwaway but like oprah is like a, a big one for me like i love her and <laughs> yes. what she's doing um marie Forio, marie folio is another one she's awesome uh rachel hollis gary v brenda machard lewis Howes. um they're all in the self-development space yeah aubrey marcus he's very into like plant medicine and he's very alternative i love him um the people that i follow very different, very outspoken and uh, trailblazers. And I love that. So I also look up to, you know, friends of mine. Holly has a party, has a podcast. She's amazing. She's all about body love and confidence. Um, You know, I look up to my mom. She's an amazing, strong woman. You know, it doesn't have to be anyone who's famous or um, I find inspiration, honestly, from, from everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they're inspiring. (laughs) So I have one last question uh, for you. And that is what, if you could give one piece of advice to um, our listeners out there in regards to their wellness and their well-being, what would that be? Uh, Listen to your body. Listen to what it needs. Like you know when you're tired and run down. Listen to that. Listen to the voice in your head because we actually have all the answers. Like you can go to your friends and say, what should I do about this? What should I do about this? But if you're quiet enough, you will know. 
And that's something that I've had to take on board a lot. And same thing with, with my body. Like I had all these little signs telling me to slow down injuries, sickness, but no, I just kept moving forward until I ended up in hospital. So listen to your body. What is it telling you physically and what is it telling you mentally? Awesome. Thank you so much, Katie. I know that you're an inspiration of mine and I'm just excited for um, everyone else to hear uh, part of your story as well. So thanks a whole bunch for coming to our Burnbright office today and just sharing it. with us. Thank you yeah. so much. It's such an honor. You're we awesome. could chat forever. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> thanks, girl. That was so good. In a time where we're more connected than ever. The people who we admire have never had so much influence. But when we look around at the people getting airtime. Our leaders, influencers, professional athletes and academics. We far too often only see the highlight reel and rarely ever hear the real story. We're Burn Bright and this is a People Project podcast. The People Project is about digging below the surface, talking about the things that matter. It's about that moment of realising that every single person we meet has a story to tell. And a story we can learn from. It's about that moment of realising we're all not that different. It's about that moment of realising that even people with profile, the people with big, shiny lives, have had thoughts and challenges just like me. 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 And even you. <laughs> <laughs>